0: what is up ladies and gentlemen this episode is brought to you that is right father's day bloke is doing another huge drop our first ever matching shirts and what do i mean by that we are releasing on father's day big bloke and matching little bloke shirts so the fathers get the big bloke shirt obviously your little fella he can get a little bloke shirt our first ever um kid uh merchandise and also we've got girl dad and daddy's girl shirts releasing plus kids' footies, one that says little bloke on it and another one that says daddy's girl on it. That is right, Father's Day, it is dropping next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Next Wednesday, 6 p.m., very limited supply, similar to the jumpers, um, matching shirts. So, you you know, if you wanna buy it for yourself or your partner wants to buy it, they can buy you a big bloke shirt and then get a, a little bloke shirt that matches it. And then you can sit on the couch with your little man, watching the rugby league and matching shirt, doesn't get much better than that. Or if you're a girl dad, it's a shirt that says girl dad on it and daddy's girl. Nothing better for Father's Day. Make sure to set your alarms Wednesday, 6 p.m., very limited supply. Welcome to The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We're here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Subscribe to The Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify or where all good podcasts are downloaded. Give us a text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. ask us all your rugby league questions and make sure you're following us on Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is I don't know what it is these days it's probably a new there's a new uh, social media platform I'm not aware of. Give us a follow on all of them. Now let's get straight into it. First of all Smithy
1: how are you brother? on mate. I'm going really good. I'm going really good. Another week closer to the finals. Some good games across the weekend, mate. The Matildas are on tonight. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. We'll, we'll um we'll have to touch on that a bit later. Um, talk about our our mighty Matildas taking on the Poms, the lioness are they the lionesses the lionesses? Yep. Eight o'clock tonight. So um, just to let everyone know, that's where I I will be on my couch, fixed to the TV. I hope everyone else is tuning in as well. I know you will be campy. You're a big, do you call it football or soccer still?
0: I call it football now because I'm trying to look like I'm cool. Because it's cool to to like soccer now. Right. Whereas when I was growing up, you were a little weirdo. Right. But now it's cool. So I'm saying football. And I even say with an accent too. um, Football. To make it even more cringe. Now, (laughs) let's get into the Rugby League chat. (laughs) Some huge, huge news. First of all, Payne has reportedly re-signing with the Brizzy Broncos. And also, Tevito. Tavita Pangai Jr. retiring question, Mark? Mm. Smithy, first of all, Payne has reportedly resigning. It's It's all over the news. It's in every outlet. So you to assume that it's true. Yes. Um, now, no confirmation from the club yet, which would be, you know, almost a disaster if they come out and say, oh, well, hang on a second. It hasn't been done. But <laughs> by all a, you know, assuming it's true, what are your thoughts mm. on the whole situation, the three-year deal, the amount that's reported, or every asset of it, facet of it?
1: Um, yeah, no, well, Obviously, big news and, and great news for the Broncos, uh, first and foremost, and particularly all the fans. They're sort of hanging out to see what was going to happen with Payne. There was talks about you know possibly moving elsewhere, whether it be to Melbourne, Sydney, or, or even the possibility of going over to, to rugby. I know we discussed that last week, Kempy. but great to see Payne Haas, if it is true, which I, I believe it will be. I, I don't think there'd be so many news outlets talking about it if there wasn't some sort of truth behind it um, that he's going to be staying first and foremost in the NRL but secondly I think it's great that he's going to stay a Bronco as well It's where he started his career and it's where he's um, taking himself to that level now as a as a elite front rower of our game um, it's been all through the guidance of you know people at the Broncos so um, great that he's staying there three and a half million a lot of dollars three and a half million for three years is what's been written hasn't it Kempi? So, yep. um, a fair bit of juggling that's going to need to happen at the Broncos over the next couple of years because they got to try and find some money to keep or retain Reese Walsh. Mm. They're going to have to upgrade guys like Ezra Mam and and Paddy Carrigan as well. So, um, I think this guy though was he was their main man. I think they needed to lock him away um, and then you know possibly try to you know weave their magic, work their magic. Um, and talking to the other guys to say, hey, look, you've got you know, the best prop in the game at the moment. Many regard as the best prop in the game at the moment. Let's try and stay here and, and build something special. Yeah, it's,
0: uh, I think what is surprising, I guess, is how surprised some people are at how quickly the situation changed. But I do believe it's a really good, I guess, cautionary tale of only read what Payne Haas and the management have said. You know, there was this idea that he'd rejected the deal. He's going to November 1st and he's, you know, when in reality when you only read what the management or Payne has said, they only said they're still in talks and yep. th- and this is what's happened. So it's not actually this huge turnaround out of nowhere where Payne has gone, okay, no, I want to stay. I think that they were just being honest. I think they mm. were, you know, we're in talks and we're trying to, you know, get the best deal possible for Payne. Um, I'm really happy for Payne and I think that he... Through this contract, whether it be his management fault, whether it be Brisbane's fault, whether it be the media's fault, whoever's fault, you can uh, place blame wherever you want. I do think he's been a bit unfairly um, treated, treated because to, to say that you know he shouldn't be considering going to open market and the implication mm. that he was almost being a bit selfish, I think that's really unfair on the kid, mm. um, especially when you know the fact that he is <clears throat> most likely will you know pretty much signed. The fact that he has, it just proves that, well, he was never really about that whole narrative that was beginning to be created of this guy that was going to go to market, put all this pressure on his players and his brothers and his, you know, that he plays with each week in the club. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the, I guess, the price and the length, Smithy?
1: Yeah, well, I like the, um, well, when you when you line it up against, say, a Tino Faso Malawi, which is an, another, you know, huge signing during the past week, a ten-year deal, be mm. for twelve me- for twelve million, and good on Tino for securing that deal for, for his future, for his family's future as well. I like the three-year deal. Mm. I, I think it's just a it's a it's a good length of time for both player and club. I think it's a good balance there to you know, to sort of see after two seasons. Yeah, you know, Painhas is the type of guy that I, I don't feel unless he, you know, takes it to that last season. I, I think the Broncos will want to continue to extend. His contract. There's no doubt about that. If, if his form continues, and it's all you know, it's all based around performance, our game. If his form continues, and he's showing no reason at the moment why that would drop off all of a sudden, particularly in the next two years, if that continues, then I, I dare say the Broncos will come to him early and would like to you know, try and extend him further. Um, so I like a three-year contract. I, I really like that. I think that's a bit of a sweet spot for for players um, where you know they sort of. When they sign,ing when they sign, in, when they sign I, I find that players, at times they can right, if they sign longer than three years, sometimes they can get just a little bit comfortable, Campy, mm. um, just knowing that. Well, look, my long term future's you know, relatively secure. Um, yeah, you know, I've got a five year deal, I've got a six year deal, whatever it's going to be, and I, I don't think they really, you know, at times they don't really get the best out of themselves because they know they've got that long term deal, whereas. The three-year deal, you know, like if if he wanted to, he could probably ease off a little bit, which you you wouldn't expect him to do. But you know that soon that that new term, you know, you're coming off contract relatively quickly after that that first year. So um, I, I like the three-year deal compared mm. to say like a ten-year deal. Like the ten-year deal with Tino, if we can discuss that quickly. Well, oh, that's that's fantastic for Tino, mm. fantastic for Tino and his family, but. I think all the risk is on the club mm. like what happens if he picks up like a long-term injury he misses a lot of football they're still forking out that money what happens if his form drops off after five years mm. like what happens then yeah you got a five-year you know contract that you have to pay at 1.2 if, if the figures are correct for someone that's not playing the football that they were playing you know when they signed that 10-year deal so i think it's smart by both player and club with Payne house's situation for the three-year deal and three and a half million look that's a lot of money. He, he would get paid that same that or similar amounts of money um, at most other clubs in the competition. The, what i touched on before though, the, you know, the, work, the hard work now is to try and fit those other players in that need to be retained by the Broncos.
0: Yeah, I love the three years for both parties, for both parties. And also, I think it, you know, sends a bit of a, a strong message. It seems like the time of it, because it's obviously it's next year, the year after the year after that. It's not actually after 2024. It starts, I think, starts. in 2024, Yeah, which I actually really like, I guess, the message that sends, in my opinion, where he's going, look, this is a premiership window. This is the time I think we might be able to get one. And then, kind of, because I I do believe winning a premiership is part of the reason why he's chosen to stay. I do believe yeah, that absolutely. If, if the club was in the same position it was in two thousand and eighteen or nineteen or whenever, wine the spoon. I actually think he probably would be better no, off leaving, yeah. Um, because he is he is a premiership winning caliber player, and it would be a travesty of a guy of his talent not to win a comp before his career is up. Mm. Um, so I actually really like for both parties as well, because from the Broncos' perspective you've got to have faith that you can develop players coming through so that if that three-year rolls up and Reece Walsh is upgraded, Ezra Mann becomes who you think you are, and all these players, Paddy, you've got to have faith that, you know, you're never going to be able to replace Payne Haas, but at least no. someone, you've got time to develop someone, hopefully, that can step into his shoes if worst-case scenario happens and they, you know, part ways.
1: Yeah, and, and and they've got a pretty good stable there at the moment, don't mm-hmm. they, can be like there's some relatively young forwards still in that squad, that that are playing some pretty good football, they're just starting to get a taste of NRL right now. But you know, I think this will be huge for them, and I, and I'm glad I'm glad it's been signed off, or it looks like it is going to be signed off by finals time. Mm. You know, it's all going to be locked away and, and sorted. So it's it's just it's one less distraction. Mm. It's one less distraction for the Broncos heading into what's a really you know the most important part of their year. Um, they're they're pretty much I think they're guaranteed a top to finish now um, after winning last weekend against Parramatta. So um, they're going to get two home finals no matter what happens, mm. no matter what happens, whether that's week one and week two or week one and a prelim, they will have two home finals to play. So it's this is this is the greatest opportunity for the Broncos in a long, long time mm. to go out and win a premiership.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's great, and I'm stoked for Payne. I'm stoked for the, the group of boys yeah, there. They're a really tight um, – yeah, they're, they're a tight crew. They really are a well, tight crew.
1: Well, mate, you had the opportunity. I actually um, – seen you in the coach's box on our coverage, Channel 9's coverage uh, last week against Parramatta. So how were how were the boys?
0: Yeah, it was good. Actually, we were sitting there watching the game, and obviously I was giving Kevy some tips. I was like, oi.
1: <laughs> what were you saying? I said, oi.
0: <laughs> Reno's a good kicker. <laughs> and I said, see that big fellow in the middle there? Pretty good at post-contact metres, just so you know, Kevi. Um And we uh, had a, I heard a little tap on the window, and yes. Smithy's little head was there. He was in the commentary box next to me. The captain's run is taking over, Smithy. Yeah, we're taking over. over the whole joint. <laughs> no, it was really, really good. It was really good mm. to see. And it was good to see the environment the boys are, are really um, creating and also their own legacy, which I'm really happy for them that – of course, they're wearing the jersey that past legends like Lockie, Alfie, Kevy wore, but mm. I'm just really happy for the guys that they genuinely have their own vibe, their own legacy. But at the same time, all of those core things that you saw of those early Broncos that were so, so good. You're mm. seeing them in the players today, this this almost just attack from anywhere, this ability to almost think that, you know, no matter what, we are a better side than the people we're coming up against. Yeah. And it was really, really good to see that. And I think also being in the coaches box, seeing Kevy and the coaching staff... Just a really well balanced coaching staff. Like they all offered different things. Like seeing Kevy be able to pick apart a part game was really impressive. Obviously it's Kevy Walters, of course he can. But just yeah. to see it in action was really impressive. Um yeah. Mate, um
1: next time next time you're up there though, can you can you just ask Kevy if he if he can just Try and crack a smile. <laughs> twenty-four blot was it? Twenty-four blot at halftime, and he made. He's just no. Nah, he looks like a sad sack, mate. Come
0: on, Kev. You look. He look. He was smiling on the inside. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> 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 nah, it was great. It was really good. Um, now let's get to Tevita Pangai Junior. Yeah. Um, reportedly has said he's retiring from rugby league. Now the reports mm. are suggesting it's because he wants to take up a boxing career. Mm-hmm. Um. Almost out of nowhere, I guess. What were your thoughts on this whole? I guess it was almost a bombshell. Really,
1: it yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was, mate. And I was quite shocked. You know, given he just he got his opportunity at state of origin level this year for the very first time. Um, it just you know, and he's relevant. Like as far as you know, rugby league players are concerned, I, I just I thought that you know he's been around for a little bit now, but still he's only twenty seven. I think he is. So mm. still plenty of years left left in um, his career. You know, to play. But you know, I think if he's got that that bug, which a lot of players are are, are trying now, sort of that that cross sport um, opportunities, particularly with the boxing. I, I, I think I've seen something written that maybe Nelson Asafa Solomon as well, Kempy mm. is going to go for a um, a heavyweight fight as well. So um, you know, the players have interests away from the game, um, and just m- maybe maybe it's got to the point where Davida has just said, well, you know, like. I've, I've played NRL now for several seasons. Um, I've played State of Origin. I want to try something new. Mm. He, he's he's leaving a, um, you know, like he's, again, you know, we talk about, you know, figures and, and what's tossed around and it's reported that he's on, you know, three quarters of a million dollars a year. So he's leaving that behind. So if, he, if he's going across and he has announced that this will be his final season playing rugby league, I'm sure he, he'd have to have some sort of, um you know program or some fights lined up already mm. he'd have to would would you think that like I know you 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 follow the the sort of c- the combat sport a bit more than I do but mm. you'd like to think he's got some work lined up some fights lined up
0: oh for sure and also you know watching him box in his last fight he's he's got skill absolutely and he's a mm. he's a decent boxer so he's not just um yeah you know he's not a bad footy boxer he's actually he's quite skillful you know, mm. I understand it's his decision and whatever makes Tavita happy, that's all yeah. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. But, you know, as analysts, I guess we've got to give our opinion on such a big bit of news in rugby league. I mm. do have to say, like, if it is his last game of rugby league, I'm, I'm a bit sad for the bloke because he yeah. has so much potential and he could have impacted rugby league so substantially that I just feel like Geez, you had more to offer. Now, that's completely it doesn't mean anything if he's not happy and he doesn't enjoy rugby league. Like yeah. then it's like whatever. But from a purely selfish perspective of of me wanting to see Tavita Pangai Jr. terrorise mm. the competition,
1: geez, it's 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 tough to it's swallow. That's a shame, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, well, it is a shame. Like and and that's what I was saying before, like, you know, rugby league fans, you hate to see players leave the game, but you know, that he just might be at a point in his life now, Kempi, where he just thinks, well, you know I've done the things that I wanted to do in the game. And like, you know, he got his opportunity to play for New South Wales this year. That might have been one of his goals to tick off. And he did it and just thought, you know what, I might, I'm ready for a change. I want to do something different. I want to challenge myself in a different sport. Um, yeah, I, I say good luck to him. Um, you know, I'd, you don't want to see players leave the game, particularly, you know, talented guys like Davida Pangoy Jr. But it's uh, you can't hold people back either, mate. Mm, mm. You know, when they want to try something new or want to go do something different with their life, I think you know. Good luck to them, and you know, as I said, he's only twenty-seven. So, if if he goes away and you know he tries the boxing game for a couple of years, and it's not quite his thing, I, I think there'll be an opportunity for him to come back.
0: I will say, you know, with my limited, you know, just a casual fan of boxing, if he fully commits himself to boxing, he could do some damage in the heavyweight division for sure in this country, in my opinion. Um, really? Yeah, he is. He's got all the athletic ability as he has to obviously commit himself fully to the game and you know we'd have to work on his fitness and all of those things but technically mm-hmm. and physically with his explosiveness for how big he is his his knockout power that will I think will be there mm-hmm. i actually think he can do some pretty substantial things uh, in Australian boxing i'm not sure about international boxing but mm-hmm. Australian boxing at the very least i think that he could um, i think that if he commits himself fully mm-hmm. for the next few years he could challenge for an Australian title at the very least wow uh, yeah, he, he's he's a solid box, boxer, and he has all of the physical attributes you would need for an explosive, powerful heavyweight.
1: So, what's what's his background, Kempy? Like, does has he boxed since he was a young fella?
0: I'm not sure. All I know is is that watching his last fight, technically mm. he was quite sound for his experience level as a sec. You know, his second fight, yeah, yeah, and he wasn't a yeah. full time. You know, the only other guys that have that kind of level in. Um, current players is probably Junior Bolaw. Yep. Those two are really the only ones uh, outside of um, Josh Alloy, but he boxes a junior. Mm-hmm. Those guys can actually box, box. Um, really, but it's just a matter of, you know, the issues he had in league of sometimes not being, I guess, as dedicated as you as you would hope. Can he maybe fix that mm-hmm. in boxing? Maybe he will because it's an individual sport, so it's a different environment. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't think it's a. It's a. I don't think it's a crazy venture where he's just walking into a completely... Like, if he was to go to soccer or something, I'd go, look, there's just no way he just doesn't have the <laughs> physical attributes to be a soccer player. But mm. for boxing, I actually think he he might go all right if he commits himself to his training. And, he's, you know, he's got Sonny Bill in his corner and, you know, all of those boys that have been there and done that. So, yeah, we shall see. Mm. We shall see. Now, we're going to head to a break. Before the break, though, later in the show, we have Queensland Rugby League CEO Ben Iken. We've got Rabbitohs hooker Damien Cook. Plus, we talk about Sheen's stepping down as Tigers coach. Rabados with Murray, keeping it going
2: for Walker. Mitchell, quick hands. it was hit by Rabalawa. Downfield goes
1: Johnston. Then back for Tess. Tess has got Johnston. Johnston's away again. It's a double for Alex Johnston. He goes to 187
0: tries. Welcome back to the Captain Run. That was our game sealer moment from round 24. Thanks to Loctite Adhesives. Fast, strong and reliable. The possibilities are limitless. All it takes is a few drops. Smitty, you got some pretty hectic stats there, mate.
1: I right, do. So with AJ, Alex Johnston uh, scoring across the weekend, as you heard on the call there from Andrew Voss, uh, 187 tries from only 214 games, Kempi. That's incredible. And he sits third on the all-time list. So those top three. Next in line, sitting second, Billy Slater, 190 tries from 323 matches. And I'll tell you what, he missed pretty much two seasons, two full seasons with shoulder injuries and knee injuries and, and whatnot. So that that could blow out to possibly, oh geez, you know, two twenty, two thirty if he stayed fit throughout his entire career. But number one spot, which is pretty impressive, it goes all the way back to Ken Irvine. He scored two hundred and twelve tries wow. from two hundred and thirty-six games. So Still a fair a fair bit to go for AJ, but look, if he stays fit, um, continues to play well, and he's and he's you know obviously playing in first grade, he'll he'll get that. Mm. He'll get that. Yeah, big one this weekend too. The, I think it'll be on for the wingers this weekend, Sunday afternoon. I think it is in Newcastle. So, yeah, good luck to AJ. He, he could p- quite possibly move past the great Billy Slater into second spot all time, Kempy.
0: Wow. And I think he's, what, 27, 28? So he's still got a few mm. years left in him. Uh, yep. What's with the, the wing spot for the Rabbitohs and being able to find a, find, to, like a meaty? Yeah. You got Merritt was on the wing there that scored a 1,000 tries on the wing incredible. for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Um, yeah, they all score them. Unbelievable. Ah, oh, that's incredible from Alex Johnson. Now we've got some text here. Uh, g'day, uh, G'day, Coppers. Do you think Payne Hass's manager is doing him an injustice? Payne was saying things and his manager behind the scenes, was contradicting them all the time. I think Payne stepped in now and signed the contract. Look, it's hard to say who was, mm. you know, because in reality... You just don't know, mate. You, you don't just, know. You don't know. And as I said, unless it's a quote, outside of that, it's just all reports and you don't know who's um, pushing those reports. Is it to put pressure on Payne to resign? Is it from his mm. management? Is it from the Broncos? Is it from just random media people wanting to get a story out there? Um, you know, it was only, what, a week ago that... A journalist was basically saying that the offer had been rejected and they were going to the November first. Like not not that oh they're still in talks. It was it's rejected. They're going November first. So Mm. it's really hard to say, mate. I think at the end of the day, just believe whatever the quotes are and then just (laughs) go from there. Yeah, that's all. It's hard
1: because everyone wants their own sort of take on it, right? Mm. You know, particularly you know journalists. They they need to fill the papers and they need to write their headlines. So sometimes they're willing to just maybe add a little bit of. GST to some of the stuff that you hear. But, you know, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, Kevvy has actually come out and pretty much said, oh, look, no, we're, we're, we're pretty much done. Mm. And, you know, so uh, he might have jumped the gun a little bit there, but he probably, he might have jumped the gun without letting Payne know that he was going to say it. But it looks as though that that was always the case, that they were pretty confident that they were going to get Payne's signature. And it, it uh, so happens that it's turned out that way.
0: Yeah, what my understanding is, Payne loves the joint, and he wanted to stay. Well, clearly he wanted to stay, just resigned. But my understanding from the get-go, Payne loves the Broncos, he loves the boys, and he mm. wanted to resign. Um, now let's get some more text here. Um,
1: this is a, this is a, this is an interesting one, and one yep. I've I've sort of had conversations with with people around the game. Boys, when once a player is subbed off, do you think he should be allowed back on the field? What are your thoughts on that one, Kempi?
0: Well, I know in soccer, once you were off, you're off, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, when we no, were growing is. up, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's still still that way. And it used to be this way back in the early days in rugby league. So mm. that you used to see the forwards. That's why there was much more fatigue in the game and you used to see a lot of line breaks and half breaks and a lot of the little men like the dummy halves and the halves sort of terrorizing opposition, opposition teams was that the forwards were asked to play big minutes. Now, we've got players in our game like Payne Haas um, Patrick Carrigan, these types of guys that can play big minutes. Junior Bolo, for a big man, can play some big minutes too. But they were asked, back in the day, they were asked to play, you know, 50, 55, 60 minutes before they were subbed off because once they left the field, mm. that was it. Yeah, I don't mind that. That
0: was it. If, you, if you're if you looking to open the game up to make it more exciting, um, it, it depends, I guess, how much fatigue plays into injuries and all that kind of stuff. But if you just take that mm. out of it and you're looking for an exciting game where you're going to see a lot of gaps through the middle and the little fellas are going to get some... Some um, you know
1: some wins. I don't, mm. I don't mind it. What do you reckon, Do You mind it? Yeah, man. I don't. I don't mind it at all. I I like it. You know, having played in the dummy half role, I think um, if it opens up some more opportunities <laughs> for the little fellas. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so good. you're not playing against fresh big men all the time. Yeah, yeah he's it's hard work. But anyway, no, I think um, I don't. I don't mind it. But no, I guess a lot of people would would think, oh, geez, we're going backwards. Though. We're going back to what the game was initially. But I don't mind it. I don't mind. I think rugby league is a game of, you know, outlasting the opposition. So, um, yeah, maybe have a look at it down the track.
0: Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to get to Tim Sheens to step down from the Tigers coaching role. Welcome back to the captain's run. The good oil breaking news story. Thanks to Cobram Estate premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, is Tim Sheens to step down from the Tigers. Reports broke today that Tim Sheens will no longer coach the Tigers in 2024 Sheens was meant to coach the club next year and help transition Benji Marshall into a top-line coach for 25. Marshall will now take over from next year. It's expected Sheens will also not return to the GM role, which he assumed last year before taking over as head coach. The Tigers are expected to keep Sheens around as an ambassador and mentoring role if he wants to continue. It's also reported that Rabido's assistant coach, John Morris, will be Benji's leading assistant coach for 24. Tigers chairman Lee... uh, Oh, I can't... Hagam pellet tell us I'm terrible at this you say it Smithy you got it no I don't no. <laughs> oh no
1: Lee had you been tell us
0: there you go there you go that's why they the Tommy. big bus. that's why he gets paid the big bucks guys um there have been internal discussions about expediting the transition of Benji into the head coaching role which is something that was always contemplated um interestingly earlier in the year uh I'm pretty sure the leaders at the Tigers said that t- t- uh, Tim Sheens would be the coach next year so I'm not sure if it's always been contemplated, um, but it seems in the last couple of months that it maybe sped up the process a little bit. What do you reckon about the whole situation,
1: Smitty? Yeah, mate, I don't, I don't mind it. Look, they've had an awful year, haven't they, the Tigers? Um, so, you know, I think a change is a positive thing. And I, and I think, you know, from all reports that, that I hear and talks out of the Tigers, and, and not that I, I hear a lot, but... The very the few people that I do speak to about the Tigers is that they they've got huge wraps on Benji, they've got huge wraps on you know what he's been able to do with that team um, this year, and he's transitioned from you know moving out of being uh, a player in the competition to now coaching, um, and and they've been extremely you know positive about um, you know some of the things that he's brought to the club as as an assistant coach, so. You know, I think the plan was maybe you know another twelve months, as you mentioned, um, and then Benji takes over as head coach. But maybe that that's moved along quicker than what they thought, and um, maybe he's ready to go now. He he may have indicated, it. and again, like the, a lot of this stuff that we talk about, Kempy, we just mentioned before the break, is it's all reports and what you hear. Unless you're inside that organisation, you don't really know. But I, I would assume that Benji indicated to the people at the top to say, "Look, I'm I'm ready to go." Mm. I'm ready to go. Look, I'd imagine, I'd imagine that when he was playing in, in those latter parts of his career, um, you know, when he was at the Tigers, even when he spent a little bit of time at South, I reckon he would have been doing sort of a part of his role as a player would have been to coach as well. Mm. There's no doubt. There's no, I've got no doubt about that, that he would have been uh, mentoring, coaching some of the younger halves and even the guys that he was playing alongside. You know, teaching them about the game and, and you know trying to help them improve as players no matter what position they played. He, he's just he's that type of guy that had that experience. He understood the game, he had great knowledge of the game. So I'd assume that he would have spoken to a, a few people around the organization and said, look, I'm ready to go. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to boot Sheenzy because I believe they they share a quite a, quite a close relationship um, you know through their time together as player and coach at the West Tigers for a long period of time. But, you know, I think he would have said, look, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, you guys have to make your decisions, but I'm I'm ready to take over as head coach. Mm. And I think he's got a huge respect from the playing group as well. There's, I think that's pretty clear. Um, yeah, you can you can see that when you see vision of them at training and, and doing whatever they're doing. And whenever, you know, we've spoken to guys, you know, playing for West Tigers, they, they speak very highly of Benji Marshall. So um, I think that's – I think it's a good move. And I, I really hope they keep – tim sheen's involved i think i think it's reported that they they would like to in some capacity that's that's if tim tim wants to stay on in in some sort of role with the west tigers um yeah because he's a you know, great rugby league person he's been around the game for a long time he's got great, great knowledge of the game and could only be a positive for that club but um yeah i think it's time for benji to to take over and i think it's sort of an exciting next 12 months for them
0: yeah, it's, Jesus, uh, Jesus, a, a tough task. The only, I guess, worry I have for Benji, and everything that I've heard is that, you know how they started the year quite poorly and then they had this great run of form. Everything I'd heard is because they were leaning a bit more heavily on Benji during that time. Right. And so maybe West Tigers higher-ups have seen that and said, okay, the players respond to him. We went through that good patch as soon as we kind of, you know, and then obviously Luke Brooks, when he has played, he's been quite good this year, in my opinion, from that period. There was about five weeks and then he got injured, came back, I think he's been good the last two weeks. Um, I guess my only concern for Benji is that the environment needs to be good for Benji and that's the one thing that I hope the Tigers create a good environment for Benji to be allowed to be the best he can be Mm. Um, and that is really where a lot of coaches have suffered at the Tigers where the environment hasn't been I guess ideal for them to be as good a coach as they can be so I'm hoping that this is a show of you know, extreme faith in Benji and also a show that the Tigers are going to create the environment that Benji needs to be a
1: good coach. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. mate. That's a great point that you make, because if you look at any of the successful organizations, not only in, in our game, but around the world, um, the the coaches are left to just to do their job. And that is the coach. And that's it. Mm. Nothing else. Like they don't, they're not asked to go and promote the organization. They're not asked to go and present in front of this board and, you know that that group of people, and come to this day, and we need you here. And like speaking from experience with Craig Bellamy, he he does very little of that stuff outside of coaching, mm. really. He 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 his 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 only job is to turn up at training and make sure he prepares the players to the best of his ability. Mm. That's it. Like he might he might do an appearance every so often, Kempe, mm. every so often, but he doesn't have to go and. And sit in a board meeting and talk about you know the performances of the team over the last month, give them updates on players and injuries and all that sort of stuff, which I've been told like other coaches have to do. Mm. He he does n- he does absolutely n- none of that. Yeah, that that falls back on you know a lot of the role that Frank Panissi does as the football manager or the GM of football, whichever you know title you want to call it. Craig Bellamy, all he does is turns up at training and he knows his job for that day is prepare his squad the best he can for that next game on the weekend and that's it so that's that's really what they have to help benji you know still in that transition as good as player as benji was and as much knowledge as he has in the game he's still new to that coaching role yeah so if he has the people around him that can support him you know take a lot of pressure off him um, because there'll be a fair bit of spotlight on him I I'd, I'd I'd suggest going into his first you know season as as head coach As much support that that they can give him, the better he'll go, and the better, you know what, the better he goes, the better the West Tigers will go as a footy club. Mm.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and I think that, you know, identifying the places where they can protect Benji, rather than, you know, putting a coach into certain situations where, as you just said, you know, taking their mind away from rugby league. That that's the last thing that you want to be doing to a rookie coach. And also, you know, equipping him with the skill set to deal with the media questions. And look, Benji's a pro; like he's been in the media, he's been oh, in he's rugby league forever. Media savvy, but just like media savvy, loves it. Oh, the great Benji Marshall. <laughs> um, you know, so but just I guess just making sure that I, I just think that the best clubs they're all all of their goal is what is the best for the club. Whereas I think some of the clubs that struggle self that people's own goals get ahead of what the goal for the club is you know what's right Mm. for me what do i want what do i Mm. think's right rather than Mm. how do we make benji the best he can be and serve him as a coach to a degree because that's the you know in admin yes you 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 know if you're a ceo or if you're cfo yeah for sure like you run the clubs and and you take care of all the important stuff but at the end of the day you're there to serve your employees you're there to serve benji and make him the best you can be that's what your role is and so i'm just hoping that that's what benji gets when he comes into that role
1: well look at it can be look at the end of the day um, if you're involved in the commercial department, membership department, merchandise department whatever it is right you tell me tell me when you' how to make your job easier Is it yeah. when your team's winning or when it's losing? yeah so if you win a, if you, if you pick up the wooden spoon, how hard is it to sell membership and jerseys and all that sort of stuff yeah compared to when you' you know, playing finals and particularly when you're in, sitting in that top four, you know, so why not invest a lot of your time into that football department and give them the best opportunity to go out and perform well? Mm. Then, then what happens is it just it goes full circle. When the, when the team's going well, they're performing well, they're winning games quickly. You know, things become a lot easier in the front office as well.
0: Mm. I um, I, it's going to be interesting. You know, their one spot that they need is halves, so it's going to be really mm. interesting. That's a real benefit for them, the fact that Benji Marshall is their coach because I do think you know current sevens and current sixes and aspiring sixes and sevens are going to be swayed by his you know ability to get them to the club. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see who they can get as they're starting six and seven next year having lost Brooks. Now I think Caesar has been confirmed on a one-year deal or reported. Reported, yep. So, you know, maybe it is Aiden Caesar. I'm not sure if Bainu is, is ready yet as a teenager, mm. but maybe he is. Maybe, he, you know, Benji can get the best out of him. Yep. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty more rugby league to talk about, including getting to all your techs. Plus, we've got interviews with Damien Cook and Ben Iken.
1: Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business.
0: Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Uh, thanks to the SEN app. Download it today for free and in the app store. Listen anywhere, anytime. Smithy, what do we got, mate?
1: Oh, I can't be sorry. I'm just finishing a sip of water because it's about a 1,000 degrees <laughs> in my studio in the Gold Coast. Oh, no, Goodness don't me. That. It's How, is a... How is it it for you in Sydney? Well, it's, it's patchy. It's patchy. Oh, okay. Typical. Well, it's stinking hot up here. But anyway, um, one point this week, starting off our... Uh, best hands, thanks to Schnitz, goes to Braden Trindle for his nice little double pump play. I've seen a lot of this from the young house, which is great. It's good football. Mm. Really um, mesmerizes or puts the defenders in two minds. But he's double pumped for Wade Graham to get Wade over in his 250th game on the weekend for the Sharkies, which was, that's a nice little milestone for, um, for Wade Graham to reach, you know, just before his retirement, but uh, a nice little try and a milestone game for Wade Graham, thanks to Braden Trindle's great hands. Two points. Well, Latrell Mitchell's catch off a Lachlan Ilias kick. Kempe. Now there's a little bit of controversy around this one, but oh my God. still, it doesn't take away from the skill um, that they showed. The boys showed afterwards. So he took that catch off Lachlan Ilias and the nice little pass to Cody Walker. Um, to score against the Dragons, um, and then three points goes to well the big man. Oh my I, I, god! I, I I swear to God that this bloke thinks he's a halfback.
0: Oh my god!
1: I swear to God, seriously, Jared Wallace. So he gets he just finds himself parks himself on a little short side, right? Mm. Just on a little short side <laughs> gets the just gets the ball from the dummy half and just a nice little flick pass to Izako Jermaine Izako to score against the Roosters, like. Really?
0: Mate, it's it's the first incredible play that's made me angry because (laughs) I know Jared Wallace is going to carry on for the rest of his life about it. Seriously. He will. Oh, my God. He will. Give me a break, Well, That was a fluke. That was a fluke. Um, You reckon? Oh, well, come on, mate. You've done that probably a 1,000 times and had 6,000 knock-ons from it.
1: Just a pass and hope, you reckon?
0: Yeah, absolutely. He didn't even know the wing was there. (laughs) (laughs) He He just hoped someone was going to pick her up. And then he would blame oh, the wing Jay if the will. wing wasn't there. Now, he would
1: have. He would have too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Can I break the rules? Four yes. points. Mackenzie yes. Arnold, best oh. hands, unbelievable. Gets us into a semi-final. but we've got to head to a break. But schnitz bite into, uh, bite into golden, delicious handcrafted schnitzels. After the break, we will uh, wrap up the first hour. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We're here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Uh, let's get straight into it, shall we? We've got... Uh, Got some texts here. Um, hi guys, when will anyone in the media start putting pressure on Ricky Stewart and the Raiders? Ooh. His selections Ooh. and playing roster is alarming. What do you reckon, mm. Smithy?
1: Well, just going off their performances. Look, I'm going to go even further back from last weekend, Kempi. So they got s- smacked by the the storm, um, and they were absolutely like putrid. Mm. Let's be honest, and and you could tell by Ricky's disgust in the. Um, Post match press conference, he actually went in there and he was asked, you know, what two questions maybe, yeah, and he pretty much just said, "Look, I'm I'm not going to make any comment." That that was embarrassing. Um, I'd rather save my talking for the players, um, and then just said, "Look, I'm I'm here just because I have to be," and all the reporters just stopped, <laughs> and he said, "Thanks," and walked out. So, that even even. Even that, just before the break, like leading into that game on the weekend, I know they'd won a few games, but they they weren't playing great at all. No. They weren't playing great at all. And so talking about sides that really potentially could miss the eight, they're another side that's on that slippery, slippery slope.
0: Yep, I agree. Now let's head to a break. After the break, we've got the great Benny Iken on the show. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Give us a text, 0457-0457. 736-736 and we've got the great Benny Eichen on the phone. You there, Benny?
3: G'day, gents. How are you going,
1: Ikey? How are you going?
3: Never been better,
1: mate. mate uh, I, I think we're, we're we're privileged. I thought you, yeah. you would have been for sure on a golf course somewhere. Absolutely.
3: Uh, listen, take a holiday up here and I won't (laughs) lie. I tried desperately to get a spot in the comp. I couldn't find that. (laughs) You are lucky.
0: Mate, uh, the 2023 Grand Final. Their tickets are on sale now for the Host Plus Queensland Cup Grand Final. The date is locked in for Sunday, September 17th at KO Stadium. Redcliffe with a 5.30pm kickoff, Mate, how's the the new role being CEO of uh, Queen QRL? How's it been?
3: It's been fantastic. Um, I mean, having come out of Ten years of media where you kind of sit on the sidelines and pass the commentary from a distance, there's this kind of pull to get back into the fire, so to speak. And uh, I jumped back in with the Broncos for a couple of years. You sort of work right at the elite end of the game and there's a a unique energy about that, but it's very narrow-focused. And then coming across to the QRL, you get to connect uh, with all those people who you know, create that experience for the 68,000 participants uh, and they do it for nothing. And so you sort of, I remember I had this one week, I think it was State of Origin 3, uh, stepped out of a suite in Sydney, and then by Saturday I was in the canbar at the Miles Devils. Uh, and surprisingly, uh, at the Miles Bowls Club with someone's dad uh, over that night <laughs> celebrating, <laughs> Wayne Smith.
1: Yeah, that was my dad, uh, yeah. You,
3: you, get, you get this connection, and you know, Cam, you know this, and your old man had raved about it a lot, Um, with people who basically make this game what it is. Um, Mm. And so all I will say is that since I've come back to the QRL, I've been reminded that there's a lot of good people doing great work across Queensland um, to make rugby league the greatest game of all.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention or ask you about that, Ike. How have you found that transition? So, you, you know, you're doing a bit of work in the media and then you've gone back and worked at the Broncos for a short period of time. Now, you're doing a lot of work with the grassroots and the country areas which is you know rugby league heartland how have you found that move and um i'm sure you've come across a, a lot of great people in that time
3: i love it seriously i, I it just warms your heart because i love the game i'm a train spotter by nature so uh, rugby, rugby league's not just my job um it's my hobby you know so for anyone that knows me, I'll kind of do spreadsheets about spreadsheets, um, mm. rating players and competitions. I, I sort of love taking deep dives into um, mainly the elite game, but this kind of QRL role has allowed me to get to all of the regional Queensland hubs. I've been to Rocky. I was at Bundaberg on the, the weekend for the senior A-grade semifinals into the local junior grand final day. Uh, I got to sit down and spend sort of half an hour with a couple of sisters, Christine and Gay. sit on the junior rugby league committee right so they pretty much run junior rugby league in Bundaberg, Mm. and this year they also picked up volunteer of the year the two of them for the senior rugby league oh you know so uh, gay's got six kids christine works a full-time job and i can tell you right now that Bundaberg rugby league does not function without them so you go Mm. into regional queensland you get to meet people like this and it reminds you, by the time you get back to head office in Milton, exactly who you're fighting for.
1: Mm. Which is great, mate. It's important, isn't it, to have those volunteers and um, such important for the grassroots footy to continue and thrive. And then hopefully, you know, those boys and girls continue on into those elite programs in the NRL. But talking about, you know, the Queensland Rugby League and and um, the the Queensland Cup this year, it's approaching the final series. But big weekend, there's there's still nine teams that could possibly play in the final series with South Logan Magpies on top.
3: That's it. So Carmichael Hunt in his first year as a head coach. So he, he won the Melbourne Indian Cup last year as a head coach. Uh, he got thrust into the top job with the South Logan Magpies this year. Um, Steve Bretherton sort of moved out of the head coaching role into the CEO role there. And Case stepped up and can close out the minor premiership uh, this weekend. Um, so uh, South Logan play the Capras up at Brown Park, 4pm on Saturday. Um, and the other game that's going on, so that if if uh, South Logan win that, they secure the minor premiership. But if they lose, at the same time, up in Townsville, the Burley Bears are playing the, the Blackhawks. So if the Bears end up beating the Blackhawks and South uh, lose to the Capras, then the Bears end at the minor premiership. So at the top, um, there's a good fight for that um, you know, best team of the regular season trophy, and then as you pointed out, nine teams still in the mix to play finals, and so a couple of important games. The Falcons are in ninth position. If they mm-hmm. win, and the Pride lose to the Dolphins, then it's the Sunny Coast still playing finals, and the Northern Pride that miss out. So it's a whole lot of action. This is the last round of the regular season, and then and then we're away. It's finals time.
0: Speaking of finals time, the grand final last year, 7,000 fans attended. Uh Dolphins beat the North Devils 16-10. And one Selwyn Cobo was a part of that uh, match. Is there any young fellas that you're watching at the moment going, just, just watch, keep your eye on this guy because he might be playing in early in the next few years?
3: Well, the guy whose uh, story has really captivated me, and look, he's, he's not a young, young guy, um, but it's just a testament to his character, is Tristan Saylor. You know, so we all know what happened to Tristan, um, dragged through the courts and came out the other side and found his way back to Queensland. He came to the South Logan Magpies. He ended up, you know, just going there on a a straight contract with the club Uh, that converted into a train and trial contract with the Brisbane Broncos, which then put him onto the development list. And then eventually, I think he's found his way Mm -hmm. into the top 30 because by the time he showed that strength of character to to bounce back, um, to fight, to rebuild his career and his life, the other thing he's proven is that he sits in behind Rhys Walsh um, as the second-choice fullback for the Brisbane Broncos. And having been there and watched him in that environment, and you 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 would both know and understand how much of the training sessions these days are opposed work, is that Tristan Saylor, being in that uh, Renegades team or that Mustangs team, the reserve grade team, playing against the Broncos, his sharpness, his quality has made the first choice 17 better. Mm. It's pushed Reece Reece Walsh. And we all know what Reece Walsh has done this year. And I attribute some of Reece Walsh's success this year to Tristan Saylor and most certainly what Tristan has brought to the South Logan Magpies um, has helped them be fighting for a minor premiership this weekend.
1: Ike, you just—you um, recently visited PNG. Um, tell us about that trip, mate. What it was like, and do you think there's an opportunity for you know this talk with the NRL about you know expansion and whatnot? Is there an opportunity in the future? Do you think to put an NRL team up in Papua New Guinea?
3: I absolutely believe there's an opportunity to go there. Uh, how soon we get there is the, the big question, because we all know that you need the uh, the underpinning systems. Um, beneath NRL to make sure that what you're doing at the top level is high quality. Um, so I went up there for three days. I went and watched some kind of junior talent ID sessions. Uh, it was magnificent. Like So the facilities are, you know, at best compar- by comparison to ours, even in junior footy, like third rate. You know, But you get, I think we had a crowd of about 1,000, 1,500 people just to watch these young folks, yeah. you know, fourteen and under 14s and under 16s just belt each other. And every time they got belted, they'd get up with a smile on their face and the crowd would cheer. But I reckon my my most favourite part is there was one local who worked in the system over there um, with Joey Grimer, who's up there with the NRL bid team, ex-Paramata uh, game development officer, um, who they send out before the game as the teams line up. And he does he does the age check, but he doesn't do it by passport or birth certificate because there's not many of them up there. He just does it with his eyes. <laughs> Size that you're too old to be playing in the under four.
0: <laughs>
3: so, you cop a blast from him, you've got to take your jersey off and go and find someone who looks younger so they're playing the game. It's brilliant.
1: I'm oh, so,
3: sitting in there, and then I'd go and sit on the sideline and, and, and watch the game, and I'd, you know, you know I'd like up there. Anyone that's got anything to do with rugby league, they just crowd around you. So yeah, I ended up with a group yeah. of kids who so I took to asking, okay, I had no idea who the best players were, but they knew. And so I'd ask him, who am I watching here? What number? You know, what does he look like? What position does he play? And at the start of the game, the players they picked out evidently would end up the best on the field. And so there's yeah. this, this great passion in PNG for the game. There's so many young men and women now who want to play it at a higher level. It's just now about getting the structure right. So eventually, when that NRL team finally makes its way into the competition, um, they've got some real s- sustainability behind them.
0: Now, Queensland Maroons coach, Billy Slater, currently unsigned for next year Mm. uh, and beyond. Uh, Where do you guys sit with the contract negotiations, Benny?
3: I reckon we're just going to have to um, have a few pay cuts for his assistance.
0: (laughs) Mate, Benny, hang on a sec. I've got to let you know something, Benny. You may not be aware. You may not be aware. I'm actually the assistant to the assistant, uh, (laughs) and I've yet to be compensated for back-to-back origins.
1: Any remuneration there, Benny? Ah, uh, yeah,
3: potentially. I mean, that. that it's funny this weekend. Um, East Brisbane Tigers play the Winnipeg Manly Seagulls. I'm going back as the head coach of the Winnipeg Manly Legends
2: team because, um,
3: for those that don't remember, I was the assistant to the assistant to Paul Green at Winnipeg Manly. In 2011. And I have said, I have said consistently over the last twelve years that I didn't get enough credit for that premiership success at Winnipeg. So I know how you feel. Um, <laughs> just keep fighting a good fight. I actually, because it's a big celebration of Paul Green on Sunday, actually, yeah. I actually text Amanda I, I, on the uh, day that I got announced as the head coach of the Legends team, and I said, finally, I'm going to get the credit that I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just, now, now, now just got to hope, that, like uh, all, all buggery, that the team actually wins, because if I get out there and coach that team and lose, I'm going to cop it. <laughs> but, uh, but, but back to Billy, back to the real coaching story. <laughs> yes. um, we started the conversation. He's expressed an, a desire to uh, go around again. But um, again, Cam would know he, is, he doesn't do things by halves. He's all in all the time. It's a high-profile job. It's not just three games. There's a whole lot that goes into it. Um, he lives in Melbourne, he's got other responsibilities including a horse study, young family and multiple other deals including his commentary so he wants to coach, we just need to keep talking about how it's going to look, what support we're going to put around him hopefully we can do a deal I'm, I'm relatively confident but I also do know he's got a lot going on in his life, but we're thankful for everything he's given the QRL over the last two years he's been magnificent so the goal at this point is just to get him to go around again
1: now, mate, we, we know we've just spoken about you're looking after a lot of the grassroots footy in Queensland and obviously the second-tier competition with, with uh, the Queensland Cup. But what are you made of the the Queensland teams this year in the NRL, the big boys? Um, you know, Broncos, Cows, the Dolphins and Titans. Um, Broncos possibly... Well, Dolphins,
3: do- yeah. yeah, well, do- Dolphins exceeded everyone's expectations early. and then I
2: just think the depth of
3: um, the talent on the roster has sort of mm. caught them. Uh, across the length of the season, yeah. Cowboys seem to be finding their feet. Uh, I thought they overachieved last year, the Cowboys, so they've probably just sort of come back to somewhere about where they should be. But they're getting back to best form. So timing is everything across mm-hmm. a long season, um, like the Telstra Premiership yeah. um, and the Titans. Well, I mean they're great. I hope now is Des Hasler, and next year it's not 2023, um, which leaves us with the Broncos. Um, I was. Uh, they're uh, very happy to be part of working with Kevy and Dave Donaghy to uh, find a way to get their, the footy program back on track. Um, kudos to Kev. I don't think I've met anyone who's as passionate about their club as Kevy is. He, he bleeds Brisbane Broncos. You just can't fake what he brings. Mm. He's clearly getting better every year as a coach. And by the time you marry that up with a, a really talented young list led by a very experienced playmaker and Adam Reynolds... Um, you know, you're gonna end up somewhere close to where we're seeing the Broncos are now, which is a team that is a genuine threat. I think probably the biggest threat um to the Penrith Panthers
0: in twenty three. Mate, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Benny. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Pleasure, boys. Anytime. Good on your Ike. See you, mate. See you lads.
0: There he is, QRL CEO, Benny Iken. Always an absolute pleasure talking to the legend. We're gonna to head to a break. After the break, we share a holy schnitz moment. Thanks to Schnitz.
3: Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to Schnitz, home of
1: fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels.
0: Welcome back to the captain's run with Cameron Smith. Time now for our holy schnitz moment of the week. Smithy, what do you got?
1: Oh, I can't be now. I, I listen, I'm, I, I feel as though I'm not the only person that would have yelled holy schnitz, right? In this moment, which is my nomination. It was the penalty shootout with the Matildas versus. France, last Saturday at Suncorp Stadium. I reckon I yelled holy schnitz seven times. Wow. And the last one when Courtney Vine was lining up and she just nailed it into that right side of the net that I I let go of the longest holy schnitz, right? The longest one I have ever said in the last two years. Mate. What an unbelievable moment for the (sighs) Matildas. What talk about edgy seat?
0: I have never been so like anxious and like pleased. And then we had opportunities to win it oh. and then we didn't. And I was like, oh my God, we've lost this. And then they came back. It is,
1: yeah, oh my God, mate. Even the last like, so we go to extra time, right? The second half of extra time and it goes into uh stoppage time oh. of extra time. And they the Frenchies end up with a corner kick. And I'm thinking, no, this can't happen. Like, imagine if they oh. they put that corner in and they header head her in a goal and we get beat like on the on the whistle. Oh,
0: you want to know heart-breaking. my heartbreaking. You want to know my holy schnitz. It's in the same yes, game, please. Smithy. Same yes. game. Okay. Yep. Okay. So they're attacking our goal and yep. the ball goes out and he cro- they cross it back in. They get a corner. Yes. So I yell holy schnitz. Then going, this is a robbery. We're being robbed here in our own country. <laughs> They yes. cross. We score an own goal. I yell "Holy schnitz" again.
1: Oh, Van Egmond.
0: Yes, and you see her face. She yelled "Holy schnitz" as well. Like I've just ruled yeah. the nation's no. glory. And yes. then it was a penalty, and I yelled "Holy schnitz" again. We're back. Oh, oh my mate. God! That, did, yeah. that gets forgotten in the wash-up. That like that uh, was out. We could have lost the World Cup, or at oh. least a chance to win it, off a bad call. In an own goal! Oh my god, that is holy schnitz if I've ever seen a holy schnitz moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, it mate, it was incredible. And obviously the girls—they're on tonight. Yeah. So the the whole country, the whole nation is going to be locked in to wherever it is. It's great that there's all these you know public open sites um, all across wherever they get to the big screens wherever they are in Sydney, Brisbane, all the major cities. Um, but I reckon come eight PM tonight everyone's television will be on the Matildas. Oh, absolutely. Can, like, Can we do it? Can think, we do it? I believe.
0: I believe. Oh, I believe too. I believe. I think we can. Like, we we got world-class players. Sam Kerr, he, she got a whole extra, you know, a long run last game. So she's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Mary Fowler, who actually had a good game. She just struggled to to hit the target. But if she hits the target two or three times, we win that 2-0. Oh, yeah. um, mate, I, I really think that we can. I think that I'm feeling a bit of magic. I don't want to curse the girls, but... They seem like so zoned in right now, so focused on getting the job done. Yeah, I think we can, mate. What do you reckon? You reckon we do it or what?
1: I reckon we can do it. Sure. Look at the look. We've taken massive scalps all the way along. Mm. Like we beat Canada, so they were Olympic champions. Yeah. Um. Then we then we took we well we took down France the other day. But they've they've all been higher rankings than us. Yep. So I think we're sitting tenth currently. Like we're going to yep. jump up after this tournament. There's no doubt about that. But we've been knocking off teams. Sitting well above us, um, in the world rankings, the entire tournament. So, uh, why not? Yes, yeah, they, they look they look in a good place, don't they? Yeah, the Matildas, absolutely. Like happy, but um, also focused at the same time, relaxed. Oh man, I can't wait. I'm getting fired up now. I'm starting to sweat,
0: mate. I am fired up. Can I just say something quickly? Look, yes. I look. Yeah. I want a pop public holiday as much as the next like. Very, <laughs> very stoked. <laughs> yeah. But also, if you if you're going to come out and use the girls as like, yeah, public holiday. Everyone loves me because I'm a politician. Mm. Let's get the public holiday. But also, let's invest some money into these girls' uh, yeah, junior well, roots, like root. Yeah, uh, the, the grassroots. Root,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and then you can't sort of say. I know this is on the the global stage, and there's a lot more talk about the women's World Cup. But you got to remember, the Diamonds just won a World Cup. Mm. The women's netball side. You got to think about the women's national cricket side as well. They just retain the Ashes over in England. Mm. So you know, there's a fair bit going on in the women's elite sport at the moment. So as we all, mate, we all as Aussies, we love a day off. Yeah. Love a day off. I love a day off as much as the next person. But yeah, I reckon get around the If we want to. Well, if we want to talk the talk as politicians, let's let's chuck some funding. Yeah. Into absolutely. the women's into, well, into into the junior female grassroots sport, as you said. Yeah. Into the netball, into the soccer, into the cricket, all into the AFL and the rugby league. Let's 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 do the talking there. Yeah. Show how much we we support. But you know what? Like I'll take both they're <laughs> one of our, they're one of our national treasures, like the Matildas. Yeah. Like they're our national team. World Cup, it doesn't get any bigger than this. It's just incredible. If they were to win tonight, oh, mate, unbelievable! I'm, I'm, let's let's tip some money into the grassroots sport and let's have the entire week off leading into the World Cup final.
0: Agreed. The entire week. Here, here. Smithy has spoken. He has spoken. Let's do it. Uh, we are going to head to a break. After the break, we got plenty more rugby league to talk about, including game previews, including NRL announcing a new Pacific Championship. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. NRL announced new Pacific Championship. Australia Rugby League Commission has announced a new Pacific Championship in October and November this year. Commission also announced a partnership with the Australian government to promote and develop rugby league in Pacific in the Pacific through the championship. Six men's and seven women's teams will take part in 2023 tournament across. Two pools, which will begin October 14th. Men's tournament will culminate in finals in Hamilton, New Zealand, and Port Moresby. PNG on November 4th and the 5th. The 2023 championship will include two matches in Australia, two in New Zealand, two in PNG. And the 2023 and 2024 tournaments will be played after the NRL and NRLW seasons, which include, they will include Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, PNG, Fiji, Cook Islands. What do you think
1: of the new initiative, Smithy? Fantastic. Fantastic. It's great to see... Uh, there's a program locked away for the next couple of seasons for the international footy sides. Um, both men's and women's campy, particularly for those um, Pacific nations, you know, teams like PNG, Fiji, Cook Islands in particular. You know, Samoa and Tonga, they are well and truly in the elite group now with Australia, New Zealand and England. There's no doubt about that. If you just look at the results across um, the World Cup that, that uh, happened last year, you yeah, know, they're just as competitive as those nations. We just spoke about, you know, I think they're, what are they called? Top tier, top, tier one nations, tier one, I think. Yeah. So, which is, you know, a bit of a funny term, but anyway, um, it's great that, that, that it's locked away because up until what today, like everyone was saying, well, what's happening? Like what's, what's the international calendar look like? Is there going to be games for the kangaroos and the Kiwis and Samoa and Tonga and the other Pacific nations? We don't, we don't know what's happening. Um, Fantastic, fantastic that it's happening. Um, games up in PNG, games in New Zealand, um, and a couple of games here in Australia for both men's and women's. I love it. I, I like it. I, I, I used to thoroughly enjoy the opportunity playing for the green and gold, mm. uh, and I'm sure all the other you know men and women that get the opportunity to represent their nation, their home nations as well, um, would feel the same. But it was it was a great and and very proud time when you got to pull on your country's colors. Mm.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think that, you know, with all the um negotiations between RR, NR, RLPA and NRL um mm-hmm. essentially done now. I'm just so excited that we're we're seeing progress now, you know, we got the Vegas announcement, we got the Pacific Championship. Um mm-hmm. I do think it's and for, you know, um people from Tonga that are listening, uh the reason why Tonga isn't in this tournament is because they had already organized a tour of England. Yes. Um which which I guess I'm not sure, you know, where you would place blame and, and say, well, if we had been organized earlier, could have we had Tonga there? But regardless, I, I think this is a great step forward because the, I, th- I believe the only way that we can grow internationally as a game is we have to first get the Pacific nations fully um, involved, fully supported. Yep. If we try to skip that part, I think we're skipping, <clears throat> you know, arguably the best part to, to have part of rugby league because as we know, Polynesians make make up nearly sixty percent of the NRL, or fifty percent of the NRL now.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and you know, though I think in that uh, briefing there, it says that the Australian government is is going to chip in and help promote and develop rugby league in those nations through those championships. So, really important that those nations um, that we speak about are competitive. It it helps with the international game. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. You don't you don't want to see, you know, two teams dominating um, international football. It's just yeah you know, it's it's not great for the international game so you want to see you know those young young people both boys and girls you know involved in rugby league from an early age and, and you know giving them the appropriate coaching so that they can develop the skills to one day hopefully you know progress through those pathways and become international standard players and so we just continue to see the international game grow i, th- I think it's it's incredible i i love it i love it and i love that we're taking you know games to png and the, the actual the final um the men's tournament will will be in hamilton in new zealand so Mm. um fantastic i love it i think the real goal
0: should be you know hopefully in 10 to maybe 20 years i know this is a a slow process but hopefully we're the game of the oceania area like hopefully that that's that's the way we're seen is you know in this part of the world oceania area i'm not sure whether some of the you know like Philippines or, you know, mm. Thailand. I'm not sure if they're considered part of the Oceana, but mm. broadly speaking, Oceania with the Polynesian nations and obviously New Zealand, hopefully we're mm. seen as that rugby league is the sport of that area. Um, in regards to, you know, going into this at the end of the year, do you think that, um, like, do you think that Samoa can do something great again like they did in the World Cup? Well, what are your kind of feeling heading into the Pacific Championships.
1: Yeah, well, I was, I was just about to say it. You know, given the amount of Pacific players playing in the NRL competition now, so they're getting you know the best quality coaching, um, the best quality um, you know psychological training and and development, and you know, you know, giving information around you know their preparation around their diet and their sleeping and all this type of stuff. They're only going to continue to improve and be better. So it wouldn't surprise me, Kempi, to see. One of these nations, like Samoa, who did particularly well in the World Cup last year, you know, take out a tournament mm-hmm. like the, they will actually beat out New Zealand and Australia, you know, who have dominated these shorter form series over the last you know period of time. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all, particularly with the quality of players that are representing those nations right now, mm-hmm. you know, who are who are not just you know quality players um, in the competition; they're, they're dominating the NRL competition. You know, they're some of the best players in their particular positions in the NRL, Um, you know, representing Samoa and Tonga. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the near future to see a couple of those teams lifting a trophy, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's you know, as much as if you're an Aussie, you want to see the Kangaroos win. If you're a Kiwi, you want to see the Kiwis win and so on and so forth. But as a rugby league person, I think if if you were to see Samoa or Tonga lift up a Four Nations trophy or... Um, a Pacific Championship trophy, as it's called now, I think that would be, be a pretty cool thing.
0: Mm. Oh, some of my best memories as a fan of rugby league was obviously the Tonga run and the Samoa uh, run yeah. in the World Cup. It was incredible yeah. to see the groundswell from the and people getting behind the boys. Now, mm. Hacho, I ho- hope you listen, Hachi. Um, Vegas, round zero next year. <laughs> <laughs> round zero. That's what they're calling it, round zero, yeah. because it's a week before the round starts. I think you and I are going. Well, that's what I'm hearing, and I think <laughs> I think the people are clamoring for it. That's sort of hard. Show I'm just giving, I mean, they want it. They want it. So I'm just saying, if we want to create good radio, we're going to give the people what they want, and yep. that is myself and Smithy on a golf course in Vegas some somewhere sometime next year.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think really, um, like just, just to get ourselves settled in the time zone with the difference <laughs> and all that sort of <laughs> the jet lag. Maybe get over there. I don't know what ten days prior. Yeah, look, make to it the, to the to the games. Make it fourteen days. Okay, fourteen. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I'm, I'm guided by you, Kempi. Okay, okay.
0: Uh, well, that's, that's a bad idea, Smithy. He'll end up in a Hutchie, bad place. Listen, hey, Hutch, listening. Oh, sure. Of course he's, he's listening.
1: listening. He listens every week. He's a big Captain's Run fan. He loves the show. He, he listens to all the show. That's what all the good bosses do. But, um, yeah, we're... I think we're going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about it. What are your thoughts, Smithy, of the teams that have been selected? It's Brisbane Roosters, Rabbitohs, Manly. What do you reckon about the whole, you know, Vegas decision and you know what it means to rugby league?
1: Yeah, well, again, I like it. I think I, I like the fact that we're trying to grow the game. Whether it, what impact it does have um, over there in the states, I'm not too sure. Um, I think we should also work on, you know, trying to make our game a little bit more. Visible in the states, you know, for people to be, be able to maybe stream or um, whichever way they find their games, but make it a little bit more accessible um, to grow the game. So I think there was some numbers thrown out the other day that if if what if it's something like zero point zero one percent, something like that, Kempe of the of the um, U.S. pop uh, population watch the game, then that's something like thirty five thousand people. Which is which is I think they're they saying is is a win <laughs> far out so, okay yeah so like um I'd love to see I know the there'd be pretty the, there'd be a lot of Aussies keen to get to the match who are living over there and and I reckon there'll be a fair few that want to fly over as well make a bit of a trip of it which is yeah. great like it's it's great for that whole sort of conf, concept of a bit of a holiday a bit of a different thing go watch the footy in Las Vegas make a week of it um or make a fortnight of it like we're going to do but. <laughs> Um, I'd love to see some locals just get to the game. Mm. I think that's the most important thing. Now that it's been announced, like let's—I'd love to see the game, which I'm sure they're doing, but like, pr- like just promote it heavily, mm. smash it. I will say, smash it out there and, and try and get as many local people to the game to try and if if that's what we're, if that's what it's about rather than just a just a bit of an exhibition thing, then then. Yeah, Let's get serious about it and promote it over there and get locals out there watching the game, talking about it, talking about the teams involved. And, yeah, let's do it properly.
0: I will say, and, you know, look, I'm just a nobody talking on a microphone, but when I think it was when we went to the game one origin, when we, the, the marketing push was we'll show you real footy. Yeah. Maybe don't go down that route in Vegas. Adelaide, you mean? Adelaide, yes, Adelaide, mm. game one. Um, maybe don't go down the route of we'll show you real footy in America. Maybe compliment their footy and say, look,
1: we've got something cool too. Yeah. Don't say our footy's the best because they've got
0: footy too. And they love it and it's part of their lives. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I agree with you in regards to all jokes aside. The marketing needs to be there. I'm super excited. And I think that, look, it's just another part of rugby league where we seem to be quite agile in creating the you know with magic round, origin obviously, and then we've got the international game that's getting worked on. Then you have got Vegas yes. round. When we're competing against you know juggernauts like AFL, these are things that we're doing that at the moment they're they're just not doing, um, which yep. is a win for us.
1: Yeah, and you know we you know, we're thinking outside the box a little bit, which is which is good to see. Um, I love these new things. Mm. You know, it, like I said, like it, we'll have to wait and see after the game, or the game, sorry, that are played in Vegas whether it's been a success or not. But you need to try. You need to try because if you don't, you, you you don't know. Yeah. Um. So I think it's great that the games, you know, taking a punt on it, and we'll go over there and see how it goes. I, I think it'll be a success. I, as I said, I'd love to see a lot of locals get there and, and uh, you know, have a look at a new game for them, and and hopefully, as a result of that, they continue to watch our sport.
0: After the break, we share our rising stars in the NRL thanks to Bailey Ladders. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time to see which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder works I trusted for over 60 years.
1: 60 years, Can't be that. That's a long time. Oh, wow. If you need a ladder, grab a Bailey ladder. To this week's nominees, though. Send on Smith for the Roosters against the Dolphins. 20-year-old, he, hit, he kicked a 40-20 and made 25 tackles. He's been pretty impressive, hasn't he, Sandon on Smith? Mm. Yep. In the uh, handful of games that he's he's come in and played for the Chookens. Um, so great game this, this next bloke he's really impressed me over the last fortnight. Tain to a picky uh, he's playing fullback for the Warriors. Um, so on the weekend against the Tigers he's only 23 ran for 150 meters, one line break assist and one try assist that's off the back of Kempe. Um He was act, he was 18th man against uh, the Titans and he was activated after Nickel um failed his hiA. And was removed for the field, so he only played sixty minutes, and he ran for one hundred and seventy meters and six tackle breaks, and had a huge game. So he's a he's a he is a star of the future. He just needs an opportunity um, over there at the Warriors. But well done to Tour Picky. And my third nomination goes to Dean Mariner against the Eels. He he had a fantastic cool. game, and you were up there as you said. You've seen it firsthand, mate. Only 20 years of age, he had two tries, three line breaks, ran for 135 meters, and two try assists. Kempi. yep,
0: he is impressive, very impressive, like really, um, you know, about six foot one, extremely fast, great physique. Mm. I, um, I'm really excited to see. With Herbie leaving next year, it'll probably be between him and Jesse Arthur's as to who gets that wing spot for the Broncos or the center center. Sorry, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's a talk. I think, um, I think they're saying that that Mariner will. He's sort of got a foot in the door to play in the centres with Herbie leaving. Yeah. Which would be huge. You, you reckon he's a centre rather than a winger? Oh, man,
0: I don't know. I loved him on the wing. And, I've you know, his past he's passed several games good. against the <laughs> Roosters. Like, I've loved the amount of hard work he gets through. But You know, a mm. guy as, as quick as him and as agile as him, sometimes yeah. he can just rely on, look, I'm just going to do the flashy stuff and then go out to my wing. No, yeah. he has done all the tough stuff. I am super impressed with Dean Mariner. He's actually...
1: Sorry? Yeah, sorry mate, keep going. Sorry. I was gonna
0: say he's just he's probably progressed quicker than I thought he was gonna to progress, to be honest. He's mm. he's been outstanding.
1: Did he come up was 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 he the guy that put the kick in so, in field for Adam Reynolds for the first try? That was Kirk was that Capewell. Kurt Capewell. Oh, Capewell, sorry. Yeah, Capewell. But mate, he yeah, look, he was he was really impressive. Like strong. Yeah. Strong. Big fight. Like As you said, he's got all the attributes and you know, maybe he can he can make that transition seamlessly to the center position. Like, it's vacated. It's there.
0: Yeah. He's
1: got to put his hand up.
0: And he's still got plenty of filling out to do too physically. Um, mm. You know, it is going to be really interesting to see how his career develops because, I, th- you know, I think he's a Queenslander. I'd assume he's a Queenslander. Mm. Um, I'm really excited for his future because very rarely do you find a guy with as much speed as him and as much footwork, but at the same time will take 15 to 20 of the toughest carries that you can take. So yeah. very, very exciting times. Um, now, let's get to some uh, text quickly here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Kempi and the bunker. Sorry, I mean, Smithy. Hey, <laughs> Smithy didn't get it as wrong as much as the bunker, that's for sure. How dare you? <laughs>
1: that's a good one.
0: <laughs> um, I know the Raiders are sitting fifth now and in the top eight, but they are 12th in attack, 12th in defense all year, and we're all still giving them raps. Uh, when is it time we start saying it and how it is, and, and do we see them falling out of the eight? And if not, every team in the eight would be licking their lips come finals time if you match up against them. Uh, what do you reckon, Smithy?
1: Um, the thing against the Raiders, I said earlier, mate, the Raiders, like, oh, I think they are on a bit of a slippery dip at the moment. Mm. I'm sure they're going to bounce back, though. They Well, they have to. I'm sure they're going to bounce back. They would have been given some pretty harsh feedback, I reckon, after that performance on the weekend um, against the Stormies down in Melbourne. But they get an opportunity this week. They're back at home. They're playing the dogs. They've got to win it. They just have to. They just have to like, there's, there's no other way to explain it. Like you could talk for ages about, you know, performances and what they need to do and all this sort of stuff, but they just have to beat the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are, they're not going great at the moment. It looks like they're just, they're done with the season. Like some of their defenses just n- almost not existent at times. Mm. The Raiders at home, if they want to play finals, they just got to, they got to fire up, mate. They really do. Yeah. And, and as in fire up, just get your heads on to win a game of football. Like we're like, Show that you want to be there and that you want to win the game. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit worried about the Raiders. I know they've got a good forward pack, and I think Tapine has actually flown under the radar for you know how good his year's been. But I just think their spine hasn't fired as much as you would hope. Um, White has mm. been pretty quiet. They've been, you know, they had Seb Chris there who did an admirable job, but not really a fullback. Rapan has gone back there. You know, I think it's pretty clear Rapan is not a fullback. So I do think they're paying the price of uh, some recruitment decisions. I think that Mm -hmm. the idea to move Chance on was the wrong decision. I think that I think that they should have kept Chance there, and they went all in on Xavier Savage. Now Savage is not even in the picture anymore. You know they can't even get a start. I know he's had some injuries this year, but it seems like they're you know not really interested in it going down the Savage route, which will be I think a lot of clubs will be very interested to take on a guy like Savage. On he's so young, so fast and explosive. so Raiders, they're up against it. Even though they're playing the Dogs this weekend, the Dogs will be very, very keen to re- you know repent from last week. Now we're going to yeah. head to a break. After the break, we'll get to plenty more rugby league. Welcome back to the captain's run. Let's get to some tech, Smitty. Uh, how, how, howdy, boys. How far into the finals do you think the WARS can go? WARS, a.k.a. the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't seem convincing against the Titans' outfit with 12 on the field and aren't putting on big scores like the other three
1: teams in the top four. Year of the donkey, baby, Jai. <laughs> well done, Jai. I love that text. Um, well, I don't know. They're coming off a bye. It's been a big year for them, so maybe they just, um, I don't know, maybe just, just didn't come out with the same sort of attitude, that same mindset. I, I I actually feel as though they they turned up against the Titans thinking, well, we're just going to get this done. We're sitting third or fourth, whatever they were at that stage when they took on the Titans, and, and the Titans really put it to them. Like they done in the previous few weeks, like they played tough and gritty and that style of footy, even with only you know, twelve men for majority of that game. Um, and again, you know, last week they just they just got the job done. But I think they'll be ready. Maybe they're just maybe they've been um, put a, a, there's been a little bit of work put into them, Kempy, mm. getting them geared up and ready to go for the finals. Just a little like a just a little mini preseason. Yeah, to have them at their peak come um, come finals in a few weeks. Mm.
0: Yeah, look, I, I'm i probably going to regret this, just my opinion. I think that, that extra gear for like prelim grand final, they may not have yet, mm-hmm. but maybe Ooh. next year. But I'm thinking second week of the finals, I reckon they'll be be there at, at the very least. At least. Uh, now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we got Rabido's hooker, Damien Cook. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings Every day we've got the great Damien Cook on the line. Cookie, how you going, brother? Cookie,
2: hey guys, how are you?
0: Mate, absolutely you, mate? fantastic. Now I'm speaking of Cookie. Uh, mate, That's how's he? on this show, mate, I'm surprised you found some time to to come on the show. You're, you're one of the big dogs now. Busy man,
2: mate. Talking uh just a lot a lot of travel at the moment. A lot of away trips we've had. We've had no time, but it's, uh, it's good to have a. Of normality this week we're training at home um, before a big big week uh, big games week. Um, well, but I've always got time for you too, mate. <laughs> even though you're <he's>
1: Queenslanders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a good man cookie. Hey mate you're just talking about the um, the travel. So you've you've been to the sunny coast, you went to Tamworth, then over to Perth, Cairns and then this week you're up in Newey. Massive few weeks for the squad. How's everyone feeling? Yeah
2: it's um Sorry, little fella hasn't been happy with it, um, but <laughs> no, it's, um, it's it's been been tough. I've like, you know, obviously been away from home and more away trips than than normal. Um, but you know, it's something we we sort of embraced and we looked at. We've travelled quite well in the past, um, but so I don't think that's got anything to really do with how how we've played on a few of those occasions, especially looking at the Broncos and the Sharks, which are probably two of our you know, you know worst performances of the year. So, uh, but you know. It's, that's why it's so good to be back back at home this week for a full week of training. We get an extra session in, um, not needing to really travel until captain's run. Obviously, we've only travel up tonight, so the day before the game. So no, we're going alright, mate. But um, yeah, it's good to be at the end of it. We just want to win. Winning always helps everything, as you've known.
0: Mate, Cookie, you know, obviously you got the the result on the weekend, but outside looking in, and you know, this is just purely, I guess, speculation. But it, it did look like the boys were a little bit flat on the weekend. It, it, am I seeing things, or did you kind of feel like that out there? Like, what, what do you reckon that was? Um, I guess, as I said, he's one. But what do you reckon the problem was in regards to hitting what you guys can potentially?
2: Yeah, I think um, going through back a couple of weeks, uh, the last say last three games, um, you know, it sort of just. Um, we looked at the Sharks game, and they punched us straight in you know, Through the first punch, we didn't complete well, and we'll, our discipline was, I think, 11-3 penalty count and completed 60% against a desperate Sharks side, um, which you wanted it more, which is obviously not a good sign. Uh, you know, this, this late in the season, but you know, we we see it as an easy fix. You know, we showed um, we improved our discipline the week after it. Again, um, you know, we're looking at 60% completion on the weekend and. There was probably a little bit of frustration out there. I think, we, you know, if you watch the game, there was about four four opportunities, maybe five, where, you know, there was four forward passes called back, which could have led to tries, uh, which we could have really blown that game away uh, and won, won by a big margin. And, you know, everyone would be talking about, you know, south the back. So I'd like to think that we've improved in our defence because um, we've, we've needed to. That's been a good area in our discipline. Um, but at the moment, we're just doing more than we have to with um, the mm. amount of drop ball we have, uh, which is leaking some easy tries. So um, they're all working together, as you both know. But a big one for us is, is execution. We need we need that up around the 80% plus mark.
1: Yeah, Cookie, I was going to mention that, mate. So like you guys went through a bit of a hot streak there in the middle of the season. He's like, won six in a row, looking to go seven um, consecutive wins. And then you met Parramatta, and they put 30 on you. Since then, mate, like... You know, it's sort of it's been a mixture of like the lack of completions, but then being able to stop the opposition scoring points. Like, what, is that like a main focus at training for you guys? I know it's a working progress throughout the entire season, but does it worry you at all the amount of points that you're conceding each week since sort of round twelve?
2: Yeah, there was a couple of um, couple of games there where we went in a row of just leaking really easy tries. You know, where it mm. didn't look like we were sort of trying to at least chase back and try and save the try, uh, which mm. was a big. Thing that we look for, you know, when we do when we're reviewing games. So, um, you know, sometimes there's just just lack of effort and, and want there um, as all as individuals, and sometimes the opposite, where some players would go out of the system thinking that they need to do more than they have to, um, and mm. obviously leaving the system that we have, which sometimes does more harm than good. So, mate, the efforts the effort um, the last few weeks has been been much better, and like you spoke about our hot run at the start. They'll yeah. get some quality teams too. We've versed Melbourne twice, we've versed Penrith, we've versed Sharks round one. A lot of them all, you know, of our first 10 games, I think eight were all top four sides from the year before, four or five sides. So yeah. uh, we know it's there. It's not like we're trying to find something this late in the season that hasn't been there all year. We know it's, we know it's there it at the start of the year. Um, you know, we feel we're confident we can get back to that pretty quick. And, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it can take a one game just to get everything back to normal. And I think if we get our completion rate back up, that we're not going to have um, you know, some disciplinary areas that's going to fix itself. And then we're not going to have to do more D than we have to, uh, which is going to obviously mean we've got more energy and we're probably not going to leak those uh, those little tries, uh, easy mm. tries that we've given up at the moment. So um, it's all there, mate. Like I said, we've, we had it at the start of the year. Um, we just needed to click again and... Areas like discipline and defence have improved, uh, but you know the big one with the last two weeks, uh, 60% completion. Just um, you know that needs to get up there if we're going to have any chance in the finals.
0: Now, Lockie Elias, um had an incredible run at the end of last year, and it's I guess it's been a bit of a tough year for him, and, and he's kept working and kept working. And what's kind of the, you know, as a senior player now, and you've been through everything in rugby league. I guess you know where do you sit down with Lockie and and take him through his game, or I guess where does he sit right now confidence-wise, and do you feel like he's doing all the right things to get back on track?
2: He's definitely doing all the right things to get back on track. He's someone who's always trying to improve his game. Um, he's someone who does all these extras, all those little things. At the moment, I think it's a, a mindset thing of just a, a young player coming through, knowing how to play a full 80 minutes and, and stay disciplined at what their role is, and we've got a, quite a simple role for him that he does well, and um, you know, we just... He, we need him to, you know, he's going to get better over the years of definitely um, being more disciplined in what he does. And you look at the, you know, probably best halfback in the game at the moment, um, Nathan Cleary. He he knows how to do that. He he does some simple things very well, but consistently does them throughout the eighty week in week out, which just makes him, you know, one of the yeah the best halfback in the comp at the moment. So um, we've got all the belief in Lockie for sure. So uh, but he does all the right attributes to to continue to grow as a player and be one one of the great halfbacks of the game. Um, But, you know, it's it's one of the things that's probably the hardest to learn uh, for a young player is the discipline to stay at it for for a full game week in, week out.
1: Mate, always a lot of interest around Latrell Mitchell. Um, Where do you think he's at at the moment as far as his game is? He's only back three games from that long-term injury that he had for the most part of the year. You see a lot of improvement in him over the next three weeks?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think he's come back... um, you know, quite well, you know, a lot of time off on the sideline. We could have mm. thought he was going to have a bit of, you know, match fitness might have been down a bit, but he's he's flown those three games and been uh, there about um, some of our best players each each of those weeks. And um, we've seen what he can do and how he can change a game, uh, especially when he takes a line on from those kick returns. But at the moment, I think um, everyone just getting the feel of each other with the, um, you know, combinations again, which we all know is there. Um, you know, because... When he gets when he gets a couple of cracks down on someone's trial line, um, you know, nine times out of ten, himself along with Cody are getting it right. So we have just got to give ourselves those opportunities for the players like the twelve uh, to do their thing. But no no doubt, um, like I said before, if we get our completion right, less D, we're all going to have a bit more energy and we're going to be um, we're going to be flying just a bit better like we were at the start of the year. So a um, you know, big focus for us this week especially with yeah, the, well, you know, the buy next week. It's, it
1: turns into sort of a four-point game for us uh, this weekend. Well, speaking of this weekend, it's, um, it's a pretty tough road trip. Sunday Arvo in Newcastle against Newey. May they've got the second-best streak going in the, in the NRL at the moment, along with the Broncos. They, they've won six in a row. Two-prong question. First, your thoughts on Newey um, at the moment and their form. And secondly, their main man at the back, Caelan Ponga. He's pulling... Yeah, a lot of the strings for them, and a lot of great things happening around them. How do you stop him this weekend?
2: Yeah, he's always one of those players. Um, you know, he's a, a freakish talent who needs to be, uh, you know, looked after as a team. You know, we got to make sure that we're giving a, a, a good line down there, and not giving him any sort of space to work with uh, with his footwork and pace. And he's playing with a lot of confidence at the moment, which is obviously as a fan, it's good to, good to see him back at his best. Um, but obviously, we have up against him this weekend, but. Where he's dangerous is, um, you know, you find yourself on those wide fours. You know, you get a front-roller down there defending a four-man. It's a very dangerous spot for them with someone like Caelan Ponger flying down there. Um, You know, I think that's where he's most dangerous, and that's where um, he causes a lot of trouble, and he has against us in the past as well. So, Mm. um, you know, he'll be definitely one to watch, and I think it'll be a good, obviously, battle between him and the troll this weekend. Um, But, you know, the knife at the moment just... It's almost like they got to a point where, you know, they thought probably the coach was almost... uh, Media was talking about them getting sacked, and it's like they've almost just all relaxed a bit and just, you know, enjoying what they're doing at the moment, just enjoying playing footy and um, getting out there having a crack. They thought their probably season might have been done, and next thing you know, they're six in a row and, you know, above us on the ladder. Um, (laughs) So they're playing quite a confident uh, brand of footy too. Nice and simple. I think the halves are doing a really good job. Um, You know, Hastings, I think talk he'll play this weekend, but they're, they're keeping the side going well with a good forward pack, um, which is allowing those halves and, and Ponga to do the rest off the back of that.
0: Now, Cookie, just before I let you go, young gun Munro, I mean, he's got so much potential. What's it like uh, seeing the young fella come through? And, you know, is he as good as we kind of have seen him to be on, on the field in his short span um, rookie rookie career?
2: No, he's, he's definitely going to be a special talent uh, for us. And you know, not just you see what he's shown, but you know, next year as well. I think there's a real good opportunity for him to have a big preseason and and uh, chase that that wing winger spot. Uh, he's definitely growing as a player. He's getting a bit bigger, a bit more size on him as well, and he's bloody quick, which we've seen. Um, the game against the Sharks was probably, yeah, you don't want anyone to have bad games or have a few errors or anything like that. It'll make some defensive reads, but it was probably. A really good game for him to have and a good learning curve for him um, you know because the other two the other game he had you know it's like everything went in, went his way so um, I think it's important to experience those things and, and learn from those things and, and grow as a player but mate he's um, what impressed me most about him when he came in and played against the Warriors for us in wet conditions when it's not really the best to take any yardage carries the way he held his own um, you know I think that showed a lot of credit and those um, players that are willing to do the, the tough stuff, getting out of our own end, um, you know, they're, they're very valued in our team, and um, he's definitely shown those qualities um, early in these early in games he's played.
0: Mate, Cookie, thanks so much for joining us, brother. Really appreciate it, as always.
1: No
2: worries, guys. Thank you.
0: On you, Cookie. There he is, one of the game's good men. The great man. The great Cookie, joining us, giving us a great insight into where the Rabbitohs are right now. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to preview some Rugby League. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Time now for Cowboys versus Sharks preview, 7.50 this Thursday. Also, players will be playing for the Paul Green medal. I think, uh, Smithy Hines won the uh, Paul Green medal last time.
1: Yeah, he won the first one, which was down uh, at Shark Park. So uh, if you can go back to back, that would be pretty impressive. But um, this is a difficult road trip, of course. It always is going up to Townsville. Um, Jeremiah Nanai back as well, Kempi. So Mm. huge game for both clubs. Oh. Huge game for both clubs. Um, they found a, a bit of form the Sharkies over the last fortnight, but still, I don't know if they're quite as convincing as they'd like to be at the moment um, with this sort of push to the end of the year. And the Cowboys, of course, like their 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 season is it's on the line. Yeah, it's on the line. Mm. Um, they've, as we know, you know, they got a pretty solid finish to the year. So, um, and they're and they're down a couple. They're still um, they're still missing. Um, Val Holmes, of course, like he's he's out until they play finals, really, isn't it? If they got to make finals for him to play again,
0: yeah.
1: Um, with his five week suspension, so um, huge game. There's no doubt in in the context of their season, it's just a must win. There's there's a few teams playing this weekend that this it's it's must win mm. or season over. Cowboys, um, yeah. They they've just that's their mindset. It's got to be this week. Oh, I think they can do it. Mm. I really do. I, I think they've got. They've got the ability. They've got the want um, to do it as well. And I, I just think, you know, playing at home in front of their home fans, there's a bit of, you know, as as much as they've already got, you know, motivation to to play well, you know, to to keep their season going into the finals. I think they want to play play well in front of their home fans as well, and, and really, you know, turn one on.
0: Mm. Yeah, this is a this is a game around for me because essentially, if Sharks win. They basically lock themselves into finals footy at the very least. Um, Keeps them in touch with the top four, I think, as well. Um, Cowboys, you know, it's do or die. You know, we spoke about last week, but their finals footy has started now. You know, it's it's do or die. They need to essentially win every game heading home. And they're at home, so it's a good spot to be in. It's uh, really interesting, too, because both teams playing in a knockout final last year, the Cowboys just got them down at Shark Park. That's right. And so maybe the Sharks are looking for a bit of revenge um Ooh. to knock them out of rugby league finals footy and beat them mm-hmm. at their own home like Cowboys did to them last year.
1: Yeah, no fair point. Mm. Yeah, fair point actually. It's um nice little return serve I think if they can get one against um the Cowboys but um last home game for the Cowboys yeah, I believe. We are. We are. So uh, again an, a lot on the line and of course as you mentioned it's uh the players are playing for the Paul Green medal and Jason Taumalolo plays his 250th Kempi. Mate. So there's a fair few reasons for them to get up and, and play well in this one. So um, just just to try and throw a little bit of spice in there, I think they'll win it. Just to throw a little bit more chaos into this ever-changing ladder of ours in the last few weeks, I think they'll win.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, mm. with the way the Sharks is, I think that their edge has really shored up. But the problem is is that, you know, I get they played a rabido side that's in the top eight, but rabido is clearly not playing top eight footy. Mm. And so it is going to be, and I look up, the Cowboys are obviously not in the top eight either. But I would say that they are a top eight side when they're playing their best rugby league. So if the Sharks can go up to North Queensland and get the win and defend well, it is going to give them so much confidence heading into the back into the season. Um, right. Because that's their biggest issue right now. We know they can score points. But if you can go to Cowboys, North Queensland, Townsville, it's a tough road trip, tough mm-hmm. conditions, and somehow get the job done it's going to go a long way to giving them confidence because I do feel that there is a general – I know internally they wouldn't be thinking this, but there's this general feeling of like even if the Sharks do play uh, make finals, they're not really going to go deep into the finals, whereas this could be an opportunity for the Sharkies to say, no, no, our season is still alive. We still can win a premiership this year, Um, and and it needs to start this week. It really needs to start this week.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all – like for all those teams vying for an opportunity into the finals, like it's – like there's – you shouldn't be thinking about anything else now. Like, it's it's it is business. We are at the pointy end of the season. We are at the important part of the season. And everyone entering, you know, this last sort of three weeks and then playing finals, it's about doing what you have to do to be in the best shape you can be to win a premiership. Mm. It's there to be won. Like, there's talk of, I know the Penrith are out now favourites, and there's no doubt about that. They show it every week they play. Then you've got the Broncos. They're sort of the two clear ones at the top, but everyone's a chance. Everyone's a chance. We've seen through results this year that anyone can beat anyone in a one-off game.
0: Yeah. Yep. Mid-year, full-strength Panthers versus Tigers, torrential rain, Tigers got them. So, you know, go back 2020 origin. You go back to round one, Dolphins beating the Roosters. It feels good to say that with Tom in the room. Uh, we're going to head to <laughs> we're going to head to the next game, <laughs> New Zealand Warriors versus Sea Eagles, <laughs> Friday six pm, and it'll be um, so one um, stadium now. Sorry, Go Media. They're sponsored by one. Apologies. Will be named Daniel Anderson Stadium for the game, which is you know just such a great um, show of support from the Warriors mm-hmm. uh, against the sea Eagles. So, who do you see winning this match, and how do you see it playing out, Smithy?
1: No, I think the, the Warriors, I think they kick back into gear. There's um, – uh, yeah, we just we just spoke earlier about maybe they've just been – they've been a little bit sort of average over the last couple after coming off their bye, but they've got wins, um, which is the most important thing. But I think they click back into gear now. Um, and they just, they just hit their straps again. I only see this going one way, and that's the Warriors over the Seagulls. Um, yeah, they've just – it's been such an up-and-down year for Manly. Mm. Such an up-and-down year where they showed so much, I guess, promise at the start. And, and that's probably a word that um, is neither here nor there, is promise. Because, you know, you can show a lot of promise and then not deliver. But they actually showed some some really good signs at the start of the year um, with that preseason challenge and then a couple of their early performances. But, I don't know, the, the wheels sort of fell off around that mid-season. And you could probably say... You know, people might say, "Oh, well, you know, Tommy hasn't been there. He's been injured." But well, but they were playing some great footy without Tom early as well. Mm. So um, I don't know. Something something has happened at at Manly um, where they just I don't know. They just some some games they turn up and they just they're just not there, mate. I know that's a very vague sort of analysis of it all, but they just I don't know. I I watch them play and you just like I I don't know where from one week to another like where those those performances have gone. Mm.
0: And look, I know I'm being quite harsh here, but at what point are you going to accept that, you know, you're going to have to win rugby league games without Tom Dravojevic? Like this idea, like how many years has it been? Like he's incredible. I love Tommy. He is so important to the game. He's Mm. a legend of a bloke. We all all agree with that. But, Mm. you know, Manly fans in the Manly club, and I'm not saying they do this internally, but from at least externally, like... At what point do you go, okay, look, look at the Storm. And I understand the Storm are the Storm and they got a good, a, you know, a good spine roster, a good roster. But mm-hmm. the Storm have been without Pappenhausen all year. And you haven't heard, you know, the fans or anyone go, oh, you know, well, we're missing Pappy. Like the Storm are still in the top four. yeah. And I, I think that when you look at that, you've got to go, well, Manly's squad is still a top eight squad in my opinion. Um, yeah. Just quickly got a text here. Uh, be, be careful. Next time you're in New Zealand – You've just said the Warriors will go out in straight sets, brave man. Ooh. Um, just for clarity, I said at the very least they will get into the second week of the finals. What do I'm saying with that? Is I'm saying that they will finish in the top four. So at the very least, second week of the finals. Um, yes. I just don't know if they've got the gear to, uh, like the extra gear to, to win a grand final this week uh, this year. Um, now we're going to head to a break really quickly. So you're picking Warriors? I got the Warriors. I'm going Warriors as well. I want to see them um, yeah, get back to their best footy. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got Eels versus the Roosters. Welcome back to the captain's run. And quickly, on the uh, Warriors versus Eagles game, we've got our SCN League same game multi. Luke Metcalf, Neil Corday, any time try scorers. Warriors 30, 13 plus. I nearly said 30 plus. No, 13 plus. <laughs> Total equals 11.50. Not bad. Not bad at all. Now let's get to Eels versus Roosters. Friday, 8 p.m.
1: Comeback Stadium. What do you reckon, Smithy? Well, this is a huge – well, again, mate, we're talking huge games for everyone, but um, for the Roosters, for Tommy's Roosters, are they a chance? I'm asking you the question, Tom. Are they a chance? Yes. Yes, they are a chance. <laughs> that's no, not, that's no, what you're saying well, off air. You're saying they're done. <laughs> <laughs> no Mitchell Moses out for the rest of the year, that fractured yeah. cheekbone and eye socket. Um, yep. Two wins in a row. The attack is somewhat looking better. 30 points mm. last week, 26 points a week before. Angus Crichton back on the bench. I really the, the biggest thing for me, our back five has been really strong. Mm. Teddy, mm. Tupou, Swali, Billy Smith, Joey Martin. Won the last won the last couple of weeks. I think the back five have been really, really strong. And mm. I think that's where Eels, they get Siva back this week. So yep, um, a really important game, but I think they can get the win. Well, Dejan Arcee, he he moves into the halves. Um, interesting point. Like I don't know if you, everyone sort of realised this last week, but Mitch Moses. So he he injured himself early in that game with that head clash. He played on up until half time, but they ruled him out. But they were they were duck egg Kempi. Mm. They were duck egg at half time with Moses on the field, and they scored points. Now whether in the second half without him, but. Maybe the Broncos sort of took the foot off the pedal a little bit, but, you know, like don't just jump to conclusions to think that, well, Mitch Moses isn't there, um, there's no chance. Because they actually scored – the only points they scored against the Broncos was when Mitch was off the field. And Dylan Brown actually assumed more of a a role, um, sort of central role as a, as a ball player in that second half. And he sort of got his running game going. And I think that's when power play really, really well is when Dylan Brown has – Plenty of runs. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, not saying that you know, that's going to happen again, but um, it was sort of like a – it was a, really a contradiction. They scored their only points without Mitch on the field, but, but they looked unorganized mm. <laughs> as yeah. well at the same time. So it was a little bit weird. I, I think um, I, I, I think the Roosters, I think the Roosters, they found a little bit of form. Um, even though the last couple of games they've beaten, what was it, Manly and Dolphins. A um, bit of a different sort of opposition they're facing this week with the Eels. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think they can get it done. It'll be a very close game, but I think the Roosters can get it done.
0: Tigers v. Dolphins. What do you reckon, Smithy? Uh,
1: well, I've really enjoyed watching the Tigers over the last little bit. I think they've, they're have they probably playing as good a football as they have all season, Kempy mm. They're playing tough. Yeah. They're playing with a, a, a better attitude towards their footy. They're hanging in there. They, they've got close the last couple. So um, Dolphins, you know, they've, they've lost um, a heap of players. Jeremy Marshall King, he's out. He hurt his shoulder last week. So he's. I think he's gone for the rest of the season, actually. They've just put a, a line through him. Um, maybe that's just enough to have some of these key players, um, you know, more experienced players out. Um, Kenny Bromwich, um, the Hammer as well, um, he's out. I think the Tigers can win. Yeah, I think the Tigers can beat the Dolphins. Mm.
0: I like Your what thoughts on doing. that one? Mate, oh, I like what they're doing. I think the Tigers yeah. actually, since Brooks and Appy have been back, yep. I think that they've been really good. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I don't think they're the worst team in the comp right now. I actually think the Bulldogs uh, are playing yeah. not as good footy. Um, now, the Tigers are most likely going to win the spoon. But I I think there's a lot of promise there in that squad. And if they, it's it's almost like, I know that Brooks has been there for so long and you've been waiting and waiting for him to turn it on, but you look at the way they're playing, you go, damn, maybe they could
1: have stayed together and worked this out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: don't know. Um, So, yeah, I've I've liked the Tigers, mate. I really have. Uh, Yeah, well, they
1: nearly, mate, they nearly, well, they should have really, like, they should have beat Canberra a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah. And
1: they took Warriors all the way in New Zealand. I know it was the West Tigers' home game, but they took them all the way to the end as well, so. Like you said, mate, they're playing good footy. I think they're good enough to win this one.
0: Now, yeah, Titans v Panthers, how do you see this one playing
1: out? Oh, winks prices, Penrith. Mm, winks. Yeah. Like they're a dollar something, not much. A dollar two. So you got to put a million bucks on to get about $200 back. So I don't know. You just put a tenth of your bloke beer business on oh, that. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Turn it up. Turn it up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I, I think Penrith. They've got a they've got a huge chunk of their lineup, their best lineup out. Um, a few of them have gone for surgery, so they're done for the year. Tanner Boyd, Aaron Clark, their their season's over. Um, Tommy Weaver named at halfback. So what a to make his debut actually um, in the NRL playing halfback. What a game that is to debut playing against um, the best team of the last couple of seasons. Good opportunity for the young man. Hope he goes well. Jaden Campbell goes to five-eighth. Um I think it's just go down and have a crack, really. But I think it's Penrith here, mate. Penrith comfortably.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's going to be a tough night at the office, I reckon, for the Titans. Panthers, full strength. And also, Panthers basically wanting to bounce back. You know, they were not nowhere near their best last week. Mm. Um, And I think that they'll be, you know, very keen to get back and, and right some wrongs compared to the standard they set. And also... Begin building towards that finals run. You know, you don't want to be heading into week one not confident that you, you know, are hitting the standards that you expect of your own side. Mm. Um, Titans, keep an eye out on Weaver. You know, he's got a lot of wraps on him, mm-hmm. and he's the Australians, schoolboys seven. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, yeah. who, who knows? Who knows how we'll yep. go?
1: And their fullback too, uh, Kiano Kenny. He's he's starting at fullback. Um, as I said, with with Jaden Campbell moving to five eight, he's been playing outstanding in the Queensland Cup this year with Burley. Um, I think he's actually leading the race for the player of the year for Burley Bears. Wow. So doing some great things there, um, Keanu Kinney.
0: Now, after the break, we continue our round preview.